What is up, everybody? It is Lo, your host, and we are back with the Vols ATV crew, Brando and Drew. Alex is not with us this week. Uh, he was pretty busy. So it's been a little bit since we've had like all of us on, but we are still bringing y'all the show. Um, a lot to talk about tonight. Our first topic is going to be <laughs> massive upset. Vols beat number three ranked Auburn at home, 67 to 62. Absolutely insane environment. I loved it. Um, that win secured a double a double buy for the balls in the SEC tournament, which was also huge. So again, just all around big game. So I guess we'll start off with whoever wants to go first because I didn't set an order. Uh, I guess I'll go ahead and uh, start it. Crazy atmosphere, really, really big win over a crazy opponent. You know, always going in playing a former coach in Bruce Pearl. I feel like you know we finally got that exorcism off our back. You know kind of getting that air out of the way. Um, really proud of how we played. 15-0 at home. You can't tell me that TBA does not make a difference with this team, you know, being able to show out and without the, uh, all the COVID stuff going on. You know, we do make a difference, and it's good to see them playing through us. So it was really good to see that. Uh, I wasn't there, but y'all were. And when y'all were telling me how crazy it was there, you know, just everyone rocking, student section getting rowdy, seeing Bruce Pearl's family tweeting out after the game, you know, Kind of made me feel some kind of way, you know, made me, I was, you know, feeling happy, feeling glad. Um, you know, just we shot the ball 33%, turned the ball over 18 times to Auburn's 12, but we out-rebounded them 54 to 31, and that was a difference in this game. And if going into this game with our injuries and you told me we were going to out-rebound a big Auburn, I wouldn't have believed it. So just really happy with how we played. Uh, shout out to the two old guys, JJJ and uh, Folky, nine boards apiece. Really happy to see that. And Big win, big win. Yeah, I mean, that was – I mean, I know that we were favorites in that game going in, but, I, you know, it's still still an unbelievable win over a really, really good Auburn team, which I think, honestly, probably is maybe, you know, the most talented roster, not only in the SEC, but arguably in the country. Um, you know, one crazy stats I saw is, you know, outside of Jabari Smith and KD Johnson, Auburn's roster only scored 17 points, which is crazy to think. That's you know? insane. I, it's wild, right? I mean, literally, those two guys were the only reason they kept him in there. Um, you know, I think I feel like uh, Huntley Hatfield had a really quiet performance. He only had five points, but that three-pointer he had in the second half literally changed everything, the trajectory of that game. And he had eight rebounds, which I thought was really impressive considering, you know, he was up against Walker Kessler. Um, but, you know, you're talking about Tennessee's big guys grabbed 29 rebounds in that game, which is huge. I mean – just, you know, I mean, it was one of the more – I feel like that was – that second half was probably one of the best offensive performances we've had all season. And I can't even describe enough how incredible that atmosphere was. Like, I've been there for the Arizona game this year and Kentucky, and I feel like I keep on saying this every time I go to a game, but, like, this was definitely hands down the best atmosphere, not just this year, but probably in the least last 10 years since the Bruce Pearl era. Yeah, for sure. Um, I feel like I'm just going to go ahead and piggyback off of you, Drew, because you brought up pretty much all everything I was going to touch on. I was at Arizona, Kentucky, and Auburn, all three games. This was by far the loudest and most insane I've ever seen it. Um, I mean, you had to stand basically the whole time to see anything. I mean, you, there was no sitting down. Um, 
I mean, hell, people are even standing up during the halftime show. I was like, y'all are on one today. But I was like, damn. But honestly, I, w I thought, I know you said that you didn't feel like Huntley Hatfield um, played like a huge game just because he had five points, which is true, kind of. But I think he started out really good and had really good energy um, on both sides of the ball, offense and defense. And then, of course, <laughs> those eight rebounds but I put that in my notes too that that three that he knocked down in the second half jump started the entire comeback I mean we were down 11 freaking points I I was sitting there I was nervous as hell I was like I I was really getting sick because when we turned the ball over back to back with that and then with that inbounds play and then the lead just kept escalating on Auburn's side I was like this is getting ugly but that three from Huntley Hatfield completely changed the dynamic. And then his dunk off of Chandler's layup, mm -hmm. I mean, just the energy he brought, I feel like people really got behind him. So that was huge for me. Um, and then also just if we're talking in terms of energy, Ziegler's three to tie it up at 39 was huge. It went absolutely insane when that happened. In terms of gameplay, I thought Triple J just had an awesome game and played super physical. This is the type of play that I've wanted him to, to, do, to do all season. Um, he fouled out, so like he used all his fouls. And I just, I thought he, I think he's really stepping up major in terms of his play on both sides of the ball. Um, I wanted to bring up all of the fouls and just everything that happened in the game. Uh, <coughs> Yeah, Brando, you can go ahead and start. Uh, I mean, I mean, call it short. It was ridiculous, to be honest. Uh, the fouls were crazy. Uh, I was gonna piggyback off you and talk about Huntley Hatfield's three-point shot. You know, that shot it really did. I had it written down actually. It ignited a seventeen-to-two run for Tennessee when they ended up winning seventy-six to seventy-two. So you know, kind of getting quiet. You kind of felt like it, the air was getting sucked out of the building, and then yeah. boom, he hits that three. But for the foul calls, you know, I was uh, trying to watch as much as I could at work. But some of the calls that I were seeing when I was able to watch, they were really questionable, I felt like. But uh, nothing you can really do is college basketball. You got to just play to our advantage, you know, and they did that. They got the job done. They didn't let the momentum swift, you know, of the Bruce Pearl defense get in their head, which I thought was really huge. I mean, yeah, I mean, that officiating in the first half was just – Absolutely abysmal. I feel like Viscovi couldn't get a foul at all to save his life, you know. None. I mean, just – and even, like, even some of the offensive calls that they called – I think there was one specifically with Fulkerson up there near the end of the first half that was just – it was, like, beyond absurd. And, I mean, but I feel like we're, like, you know, saying the same thing every single weekend, though, when it comes to these SEC raps for basketball. I mean, especially from the last Arkansas game, too, it's just – they got to do something about them. Like, I don't know if there's a better test they do to qualify these guys. They got to do something, though, because this is just – it's getting ridiculous. I mean, it's not just basketball either. Let's not act like we didn't have a football season that was just filled with awful officiating with but ACC. Like, and I feel like that's crews. just a given, though. Like, as part of the game of football, like, you're just – you're going to have that element of a just god-awful refs. Yeah. I feel like they can at least improve on it a little bit. Well, basketball is such a smaller freaking area. Like, yeah, 515 use you know less players and way less area to cover and you can take an official review pretty easily 
So, which on top of that, I didn't know this at all because it was so loud in TBA. But when I went back and rewatched this game, they gave Fulkerson like three fouls and then somehow reviewed them and took two of them away from him. And I never even yeah, knew. Yeah. Uh, yeah, somehow Viscovi ended up with a foul because like the refs like knew I guess they did such a terrible job that like like all right Viscovi ended up being Viscovi's foul but yeah it was originally John Fulkerson charged with the foul it was just terrible that whole first half of that game it was so ass backwards and I'm sure they knew because that place was rolling oh, yeah. like three solid minutes after that Fulkerson call um that was just ridiculous. And I was on the opposite end of the court. So I was just confused on what the hell was going on. When I saw the replay, I was just like, this is absurd. Um, God. And then, yeah, Vescovi literally hit the court like six times. And then when he went on that layup in the first half and he got absolutely taken out and everyone just kept playing, I was just like, what is going on? But, and I don't know anyone who follows me on Twitter. I mean, I tweeted out that, I think anytime we get a prior coach of ours that comes, that we get the shittiest ref assignment. Just because oh, yeah. we want to see us do like yeah. the worst, act the worst, throw all the mustard, which I'm sure people are ready to in the first half of that game. But to each their own. Um, I wanted to talk about defense too. I Personally, I think that's in the second half. That was the best defensive performance I've seen them play all year. I don't know about you guys, but. I think you go back to the fact that we really held down Walker Kessler to eight points. Like, for me, that's – I don't think there's words to describe, like, how incredible that is, especially considering, you know, we're missing easily our best center with Kamwa, you know. And the fact that, you know, do and – Huntley Hatfield, who are just two true freshmen that just got thrown into the fire, quite honestly, mm-hmm. the last four weeks. For them to step up against arguably the best center in college basketball was just – it was incredible. I mean, there's no other way to describe it. Yeah, pretty much what I was going to touch on earlier, and I forgot to mention, but that goes with that, is like Brandon Huntley Hatfield and Jonas Idu, they're kind of finally playing to like their size potential down low with the competition, I feel like, and you're kind of seeing them like – make more plays and be sturdier on their feet, acting like they belong on the court, which is really good to see like this late into the year before the tournament time. But I was just like really impressed because like you look at the stat line and they might not have like two, four points and maybe one block or a couple of steals, but they're down there down low getting physical and, you know, holding a guy like Walker to like only 11 points or whatever it was like, that's just insane. Absolutely. And on top of that, I mean, during, Auburn's scoring drought, it it was absolutely suffocating. Like when they forced that trap in the corner, they couldn't do anything, had to take a timeout, and then had a shot clock violation. Like that was freaking awesome. Yeah. Um, and honestly, for multiple minutes, every time Auburn would come down the court, it literally just looked like they could not figure out what to do. Um, literally suffocating is what I would describe it as. And Part of the, I know we haven't got to this yet, but I think that might be, they played so hard in that game defensively. I think we were so tired. That's what led into Georgia and us kind of being off last night. That's my two cents. But um, I also wanted to add, I forgot to give a shout out to Euros as well. I think that was his best game of the season. I mean, he was, he put up seven rebounds in six points in 15 minutes. And he was just actually, 
really being a presence and moving off the ball and doing things that I personally, I was never a Euros hater, but I never expected uh, that type of contributions from him. So I just wanted to give him a shout out for sure <laughs> in that game. Um, let's see. Anything else in particular from the Auburn game? Um, it's not it's not game wise, but things I wanted to touch on that I'd had was uh, the Viscovi with the cowboy hat, um, Fulkerson leading the band with Rocky Top, and Tony Vitello and Zakai Ziegler's moment without them knowing that they were having a moment. <laughs> All of those were great. All of those were great. If you want the most negative thing, it was definitely um, Bruce Pearl's titty sweat that no one could miss. Anything. Oh God. I even saw that from row 15, 330. Like, it was disgusting. It was, it was awful. His daughter's tweets after the game. She's still tweeting today, too, about us. It's kind of kind of funny. It's very embarrassing. It is. Honestly, that's so embarrassing because I hate when people feel like we owe them something. Like, we don't owe shit. Like. I don't understand. He was an incredible coach for us, but he's literally the reason why he got himself fired. Like, I'm just, I'm. Well, honestly, just also quit being a pussy, in my opinion. If you go to an away team's uh, stadium or whatever, or arena. Dance on their logo. Dance paint on their, their rock. And who even knows what she was saying? Like, oh, I'm sure she sat there silent the entire time and didn't speak a word. Like, the there's all family not causing a problem. Yeah. yeah, there's two sides to every story. But my God, grow a pair. I mean, I'm sick of people just out here acting like they aren't going to get some shit. When I get, I went to Kentucky, I got yelled at, called names, et cetera, but I deserve mm -hmm. that too because I also got up on stage and chanted at a bar, so I knew what was coming, but that was a little bit ridiculous on her part. <laughs> yeah, I think she said today, um, let's see if this team gets mad that we dance on their logo or where we dance, and I'm like uh, – we're like we're moving past that Tennessee basketball is doing much more important things today, like <laughs> having a good moment, and you're over here like having some negativity. Yeah, this no. that's why you just gotta be like, sweetheart, just focus on trying to get a win tonight, okay? Like, don't be focused on the haters. So, which you know, that game affects us in SEC play. I think there's a way that we can all like have a four way tie. I'm not sure the logistics, I'm not a meth expert, but there's a way. I think if they lose, if they lose either tonight or to South Carolina, we actually, I think we get, yeah, it's like a four-way tie for an SEC championship. So, God, that's crazy. We need Mississippi State to win tonight. Bad. Hang the damn banner. Exactly. I'm all for it. I don't care for sharing titles. That's fine. Titles a title. No, I don't care either. I mean, my God, as hard as the SEC is this year, I do not care to share that, especially when mid-season I was concerned about. If we were even going to make the NCAA, oh, yeah. facts, facts. I mean, there is no reason to complain there. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Um, all right. Anything else? I guess you guys already touched on the rebounds. Um, 54 31, 21 offensive rebounds. And I already talked about us sealing the double buy in the SEC tournament. But, I mean, we mentioned pretty much everyone who played. Vescovi, we forgot to mention KC. He put in 33 minutes. So, shit ton of minutes. 
13. Yeah, I had a uh, Zakai Ziegler in his 13 points. 11 of them came in the second half when we had that like slow stretch and that crazy run. A lot of those were free throws that he had late, you know, really was the difference. So I was going to say, like, if you told me that we were going to shoot 33% and turn it over 18 times and win by like almost 10 points at home against Auburn like that, I wouldn't have believed it. But. Not a chance. And since you mentioned uh, free throws, I mean, Vescovi has come in. They said he was one of the best in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, time free throws, like in the last four minutes, I think he was somewhere at 90% or mm-hmm. above which is so huge. I feel like we haven't had someone like that in years to be able to count on. So big steps for us. Um, I will say, closing out on this specific game, the biggest problem that I saw was us getting the ball in on the press at the end. We almost totally shot ourselves in the foot there. Um, If I was any team in the SEC or really in the country who would be thinking about playing us, I would definitely be thinking about that full court press early. Um, so we need to really work on that and get creative with getting the ball in, or that's going to cause us some problems. Yeah, yeah I really, I was nervous we were about to have a full on Conzo Martin like meltdown in that <laughs> second. We were kept on our head up there. I mean, credit to Bruce Pearl. That's what he does best on that late game defense when being down like that. He's known for that pressing defense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it was just a situational thing, kind of like with the feelings of a, a big matchup like that. Uh, with, until further evidence, you know, I won't see it as a problem for us, but hopefully, you know, it doesn't occur again in like the tournament or something. So, yeah. yeah. For sure. Um, all right. So <clears throat> we are going to go on into the Georgia game. And I, one of our listeners put this question out. So I'm just going to start out with it so I don't forget. He said, what do you guys think about Georgia coach giving KC pointers after the game? I was not aware that happened. Did you guys know that? Yeah, I saw the video make its way on Twitter. Um, I've heard of like a lot of takes, you know, like you're about to get fired. Why are you coaching up like a lottery, a lottery pick that's been, you know, having his best basketball late in the season while you just lost at home with like a one in 15 SEC record. But at the same time, you know, like coaches are going to coach regardless of, you know, what people think. I think he was just trying to help the kid out. Maybe he might know him from like the Georgia area or maybe just, you know, give him a little pointer or something he might have saw. I don't take too much into it unless like, you know, more was to happen or he was just trying to do too much. But he didn't seem like an extra guy. You know, there's a lot of coaches that will try to be about themselves, but I didn't think anything of it. I mean, I thought it was a little weird. Like when I first saw it last night, it was just really random and like bizarre. But like I've, I've read the backstory of like he was like, teaching him like a better t- technique on how to shoot his free throws which he needs desperately yeah. I mean, he's easily the worst guard that we have on shooting the free throw um but yeah i mean like you know he he coached several years at indiana coached a bunch of players in the nba you know he really knows i mean i mean he's a good coach basketball it's just george is an absolute dumpster fire on trying to Awful. succeed over there so yeah I, mean, I don't have i don't have an issue at the end it was kind of weird though I mean, I wish I saw it because now I I've, I've, don't get the context of it. Um, I can just hear what you guys said. So I'm going to have to go back and look at it. I can't really answer the question. But, I mean, if Casey doesn't have a problem with it, I don't think we should. Yeah. So, um, okay, so last night we had a very ugly start at Georgia. Final score was 75 to 68. But I always say that an ugly win is still a win. 
-hmm. And definitely last night was a trap game. I was, I was a little nervous just because I didn't know this at the time, but we hadn't even won in Georgia in several years. And for us to be a 16 point favorite as a, in a trap game, I didn't like that at all. Um, Definitely thought that it was going to cause us some problems. So I don't know. Brando, take it away with your first takes. Yeah, we kind of touched on it last last segment, but about how leading into this game, you know, you knew it was going to be a trap game just because how we came off against Auburn. Um, You know, only two days of rest. They're probably used to like three or four, then having to go play down there in Athens, Georgia, in the away game where it's, you know, in the SEC, it's been hard to win in the SEC, but luckily no one in Athens showed up to the game, so we were good. But, uh, you know, I really wanted to touch on how we had a, way less turnovers in the Auburn game, but it was like way sloppier basketball, just kind of what you had saw earlier in the year, waiting to get that spark from somebody just to kind of show up. And luckily it did come from Triple J. Uh, he had 23 points with a career high, eight assists, 10 boards, two, two assists off shot from the triple-double. That would have been like a crazy stat. Also having Kennedy Chandler, you know, not doing much, you know, uh, passing, but, you know, 16 points is still 16 points for the team. Really showing up. Hasn't really had a silent game lately, so I was really happy with that. And uh, Lowe gave a shout-out to Euros last segment, but I'm going to give it to him this segment. He had, like, 17 minutes. uh, Eight assists. Not eight. Yeah, eight assists. It says eight assists, ten boards. So, you know, something crazy, like, doing really good. I thought Euros played well, getting – a lot of boards down low playing physical ball. I didn't really think that Georgia had a presence down low. And I was really like happy to see how Euros and Fulkerson kind of took advantage of that and got a uh, big down low and talking about Fulkerson, like he finally showed up, you know, 12 points, clutch points. I felt like in the game, like deep in the game, you know, taking advantage of his size, something you haven't seen all year. So thought that was good to see good all around win. Glad we pulled it out, but it sure was ugly. Oh yeah. I mean that, that game was the definition of ugly, but you know, one of the craziest things is that y'all are not going to believe this, but the last head coach that Tennessee had that won at Georgia was Bruce Pearl in 2011. Like, oh my God, it's hard to believe it. I mean, like, especially some of the decent teams that we've had in the last 10 years, he was the last guy to do it. Um, but you know, Triple J had a career high, um, as Brando mentioned, 23 points, shot 66% from the field. I mean, one of the best performances had this season easily and especially his career 86 percent from the free throw line you know especially as close as that game was at halftime and you know started the second half like that was huge and i mean they just i mean they're doing so much better defensively outrated rebound opponents 39 28 so it's a trap game it was awful it was hideous but first win in 10 years at georgia i'll, I'll take that any day of the week Absolutely. I mean, we keep hammering down on Triple J, but he's really breaking out. I mean, back-to-back huge games for him. Really needed someone to come through. And another thing I really wanted to touch on was, of course, we all know about the Ziegler situation, which we'll get to in a minute. But this was the first time that he has had an off night um, since being such a huge contributor. And that just shows how important he is to to making this whole team work because imagine if Triple J did not show up like he did, we would have lost that damn game. So with Ziegler, you know, having to 
or having a rough game or having an off game. I think he only had two points. It was really great to see Triple J come through and step it up. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is that, what was I going to say? Oh, Fulkerson, yeah, that was huge. But we still had 12 turnovers uh, in Georgia, which isn't great. We had 18 against Auburn, so I guess that's a little bit of an improvement. But some of them are just stupid little turnovers that I wasn't a fan of. Um, looks like we had lost Brando, but I'm going to add him back as I was just rambling on. Welcome back, Brando. You can't you can't make it up two weeks in a row. I know. And now you're like in blackout mode. Yeah, I'm in a full dark out. I don't know what just happened. Like full blackout. I don't even know. But. Oh my god. Full blackout mode. Um yeah, you're just like float like a floating crystal ball now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. Um I don't know where I was at. I kinda got confused with my notes. Um something about Turnovers. Um, yeah, I mean, like, 12 turnovers, obviously much better improvement from 18 from last Saturday, but the first half was just, just really sloppy basketball, but I think that was kind of expected, especially how big of an emotional win it was for us last Saturday against Auburn. But, you know, one of the, one of the things about this team that, like, that's different, I feel like, than a lot of other Tennessee teams under Rick Barnes is, like, when one guy's having an off night like Ziegler, there always seems like one person that steps up, whether if it's Triple J or Biscovi or Candy Chandler. I mean, even even you know, like last night, like you know, Huntley Hatfield and Do were they were okay, but then you had Folky over there was grabbed twelve boards as well. So, yeah, I, that's I think that's a huge trait that this team has, is, which will help them a lot come in the conference tournament. And you know, you're starting to see a lot of these guys too. They're just getting, especially our big men, where they're only scoring six or seven points, but when they're getting five, six, seven, eight rebounds as well each, that's like a huge, like, I mean, it's, I mean, it's a game changer. It really is. Oh, complete game changer. I mean, I don't remember seeing this type of rebounding and stuff ever on it. I mean, in several years mm-hmm. since I've been closely following basketball. And that's what I was complaining about the most in the beginning and midway through the season. That- <laughs> What a turnaround. They must have really been working on that in practice. I'm sure they were specifically listening to my opinion of the <laughs> podcast. Then they of course, of course. <laughs> Brando, go ahead. Uh, uh, yeah, just uh, kind of touching on what you were saying earlier. You know, they both shot 44%, but ultimately, our rebounding and our free throw shooting late with Zealer and the scope games like it's making the difference, which is huge, I feel like. So, just really proud to get the win. It would have been ugly to have such a huge win and then go and lose to Georgia in front of, like, 500, I feel like. So, that would have been awful. Um, I feel like the crowd was kind of getting into it, you know, and they were, like, only down five points. So, kind of make them tone down a little bit, remind them where they're at. Sorry, Brando, but I think your audio kind of, Cut out a lot on that one. I thought that was well said. Did was it just me? Maybe it's just my side. Uh, no, no, it, it was cutting off from mine as well. I was just being a smartass. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. shit. Um, probably because he connected with his. What? <laughs> I think you're 
have to, Brenda, I think we'd have to disconnect maybe again and I'll add you back. We cannot get through one of these without some technical difficulties, man. It's kind of cracking me up. It makes it at least entertaining. It is. It is entertaining because yeah. it's live, so we can't do shit about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else? <laughs> oh, we actually shot. So Georgia actually outshot us from the field. They shot 44.8%, Tower 44.3, and we only shot 32% from the free or three point line. So you mentioned it 86.7% on our free throws was pretty much the, the game changer. I mean, yeah. if we wouldn't have done that, then we probably would have lost. Yeah. Uh, well, without the 86% free throw from the free throw line and out-rebounding 39-28 and obviously Triple J having a career best, uh, yeah, we would have lost to Georgia again, as unexcusable as that is. God, another thing I did, uh, I just remembered <laughs> I wanted to talk about, when we switched to zone defense, we looked atrocious. I mean, we weren't even covering anyone. They were just going right down the middle. I, everyone was frozen. And I don't know. I'm just totally speculating. But as I mentioned earlier, I think that they were probably extremely tired from their defensive performance against Auburn. And maybe they thought, oh, we'll just switch to zone because this should be <clears throat> your team to handle. And it about bit us in the ass. In oh, my yeah. Yeah, I mean, it really did. I mean, because we don't play zone defense that often, and when it, we do, it's just – it's it's awful to watch. One of the other things, like, I noticed was that – did you notice, like, Plavsic, like, try to take a charge, like, three or four times at, like, at one point yesterday? Like, what is the guy doing? Like, <laughs> I, like I understand, like, you're trying to make a play, but, like, buddy, like, you're seven foot. Like, you're seven foot, 250 pounds. Like, just be physical over there. I mean – there was one point in the second half where it was a guard that was literally 5'9", maybe 5'10", and Plopsich is over there trying to take a charge. Like, <laughs> I don't like I don't know who's telling him that, but they got to quit that immediately because that was just – that was horrible to watch. <laughs> that is so true. Yeah. Uh, I'm sitting here like, what in the hell? <laughs> oh, Brando just texted me. It's, his power went out. You cannot make this shit up. Oh, oh my gosh. Poor guy's struggling. Oh, my God. Make me struggle bus. <laughs> so, I guess no internet. Uh, probably no more Brando. So, I guess it's just us two. And he had big news again. You weren't on here last week, and Brando had shit to talk about. Then the podcast, or his thing went out. And now he had big shit to talk about. And here we are. Well, um, next Wednesday show is just going to be a huge, huge news uh, news segment for Brando. That's for sure. Yeah, it's just Brando <laughs> giving Brando. all of his old news <laughs> in the last two weeks. Um, he was going to bring up the the Zakai Ziegler thing, so I feel like we absolutely have to bring that up. Um, you know, the announcers mentioned that his house, his family home had burnt down, um, I think it was the 28th of February, so super recent, and uh, everyone caught on immediately. I mean, it wasn't they didn't even make it that big of a deal, but everyone just kind of picked up on it, and of course, as Vol Nation does, um, everyone jumped right on it to help. Um, 
I just thought it was really a really cool thing. Um, it doesn't surprise me at all that everyone wanted to contribute. I was about to look up how much has actually been contributed at this point. Let's see. I want to say it's like almost, I think it's over $150. I know it's over 200000 um, over two hundred thousand now. Oh let me. I want a live. I want a live update. Real quick. Okay, here it is. Two hundred sixty-four thousand six hundred and fifty dollars in five hours. Oh my lord! Five <laughs> hours, and I also wanted to read out this update, which has been kind of a controversial. Thing on Twitter, like everything is for Vol fans on Twitter. Um, Zakai, I assume it's Zakai, put in the message on the GoFundMe page. We have absolutely been blown away by the outpouring of support and generosity. Any contributions above and beyond our final losses slash expenses will be donated to charity. Thank you to everyone who has given. And their goal was $50,000. Now half of Twitter is like, dude, why can't he just take it? Everyone wants the family to have it. And then the other half is like, you know, oh, he has to because of rules. Do you have any specific opinion on that? It, it seems like everything else on social media, people just want to find things to complain about, to complain about. Um, I mean, with the first thing, I mean, it, it just shows once again why this is the best fan base, not just college football, but just all of sports in general. I mean, I I was looking at work today, and literally within twenty minutes, they were already donated thirty thousand dollars, which is just it's insane. Like, just it's crazy, and the the thing that's over a quarter of a million dollars now within five hours is just I mean, it just speaks volumes for this you know this fan base and i'm sure david ubbin is just hating every minute of it without a doubt god seriously <laughs> i mean i i if i were him i would just like mute every vol fan possible in my mentions because his ass gets tagged more times per day when i log on than i've seen anybody get tagged in a long time and he deserves it i mean seriously oh, yeah. <laughs> his rant was pathetic and it will always Stay in our hearts. I'm sure he will get mentions for like the next 20 years. You would think like he would maybe just like make an apology at this point with like the amount of like harassment that he felt from this fan base in the last four months. I don't, I really think that he truly believes like every word he wrote in that article is like reasonable, which I mean, some people can believe that and it's his opinion, but. I just think it's stupid. Like, why can't he at least, he doesn't even have to apologize, but at least make an, a new article about, damn, this is cool. Look at how much UT is donated. Yeah. And, wow, what a great turnaround. I mean, he just doesn't give a shit. He doesn't want to touch us anymore, but that's fine. <laughs> um, I guess I guess people can't change or evolve, so. Yeah, yeah. or they don't want to admit they're wrong at something. That's a huge problem a lot of people have these days, so. That's true. I agree with that. I mean, I've been wrong like a billion times. I don't care to to be honest when I've said something or done something wrong. Um, to each their own. Oh, yeah. oh got off topic. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Um, main thing was 
I guess we just won. I'm pleased that we won. And then we still, we don't have much rest in between Saturday's game either is another thing that kind of concerns me. It's like really quick games back to back. They should be ready for that at this point, but still I'm just a little bit worried about Saturday's game. Um, Do you think that we stay perfect at home this season? I mean, you know, it's, that's just a part of playing the SEC is like you get every game at home is a tough game, whether if you're even playing Georgia, Vanderbilt, whomever. I mean, and Arkansas is no exception. Arkansas is a really, really good basketball team. Um, but, you know, I mean, it is going to be senior day and it's going to be Checker Thompson Bowling Arena, which, you know, that atmosphere is going to be just as crazy, if not even more chaotic than last Saturday, which would be hard to believe. Um, but apparently ESPN's got us as an 83% chance of winning on Saturday, which I thought was a little bit, uh, a little, little too optimistic for me, but with the SEC championship implications and everything, I mean, I like our shot, you know, we're looking to go undefeated for the first time at home since that grant and Admiral team in 2018, 2019. And this is a crazy step I found today. This would only be the fourth time since 1976 that we went undefeated at home. So holy shit. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So 45 years have only been undefeated twi- like three times at home, which twice under Brace and that Grant Williams team under Rick Barnes. Yeah. What I really like is that we could potentially, I mean, I don't really care about, I want them to win, but the streak factor is just a cool addition. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, they could carry that into next year, and how cool would that be, you know, to really get a fire under next year's team. But I, I'm i a little nervous, and then I'm kind of pissed off because I don't really have much to compare it to because I forgot to record the first Arkansas game that was like a total shit show, and then ESPN was glitching. And so I only got to see like 10 minutes of that game. So I don't have anything to compare to, and I haven't sat around and watched Arkansas play, so I don't know what to expect. Um, But I will say that – sorry, I got a pop-up on my computer. It scared me. Um, (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, wow. Okay. We're good. Um, I will say that you everything you mentioned, checker, checker TVA, Senior night. Oh my God, Brando's back. We got the man, the myth, the legend is back. I'm in my car. Oh, you're in your car. Hello. We did Hello? check. Oh, check one, two, three, four. Oh my God, I'm in my car. This has been absolutely hysterical. You cannot make this up. Um, the people. Definitely. Imagine the people that listen on Spotify and they aren't watching. They're probably like, what the and, fuck? Yeah, they have oh, a visual yeah. react to it. And they're like, what? Why does his laptop mess up every week? <laughs> they're always like, why does Lauren just keep going rogue explaining that Brando's always gone? <laughs> Alex is AFK. Brando's laptop is fried. Where are we? Saturday? On Saturday? Uh, well, oh, I was just talking about. I had asked Drew, and I was right in the middle of my thoughts on if we stay perfect at home this season and this Saturday. I'm going to go with Drew, and I'm going to say yes, but it's going to be very close. Mm -hmm. And 
just my thoughts. I think Ziegler is going to have an, his best game of the year this Saturday. I don't know why. I have a feeling he's going to bounce back from all the shit that's happened and the tragedy with his family. He's going to bounce back, and I think he'll have the best game of, his, of the season. Calling it now. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with y'all. I think we stay perfect at home on the season. I think it's really hard, no matter who you are, or how good you are, to go in someone else's house and to have a perfect game and beat him like you play, just like we did playing Arkansas the last time. I feel like it was one of our worst games in a while, but that's what happens when you go on the road in the SEC. Uh, I think it'd be the perfect story for Zakata to have like his kind of crazy game to end the year off after. Not only has the tragedy been happening, but he's been playing injured. He hasn't been practicing the last two weeks. A lot of people don't know. Uh, since the Auburn game, he has like a, a knee, a little injury. So he's, you know, taking it easy, just, you know, playing with the team and, you know, go out there and put his body on the line and still play as a freshman when you're going through so much at home, plus off the court. Like, you know, I just think it's bound to happen. So I think the guard play will be key. Uh, checkerboard and TBA, you know, that's going to be cool. I don't know if y'all noticed that, but if you are going to the game, check your zone, get checkered in, wear orange and white, be loud, be rowdy, and uh, I think we're going to get it done. I I want I did not know that uh, Zakai was injured. I wanted to read a few of our listeners' comments on here. Um, at All Things Vol One, he said, "Odds makers have been spot on about this team all year. If they call a win, put your money on it." Um, Let's see, at Brian Young underscore five said Ziggy is about to go off. And at Vol Nation 85 said lots of emotions Saturday. Hogs play through JD, control JD, and it's game over. So, very good takes. <laughs> and also, if you're listening, we love you guys and comment whatever, and I'll try to make sure I see him. Um, give you guys some shout outs on here. But, uh, I, I this injury that was a surprise to me, Brando. Also, while I'm thinking about it, we already touched on since you've been gone. Um, we already touched on the Zakai house fire. We gave an update. Um, did you have other stuff that you wanted to talk about? What was Zakai? Or just in general, like with Zakai or anything in that section of the podcast before we move forward? Um, no, I just think it's a really good thing. You know, what we all came out and did in the span of like two hours. Um, that's a, a freaking quarter of a million dollars now, which is insane. Uh, absolutely insane by Vol Nation and everyone else involved. I know it's not all just Vol Nation. It's a lot of other fan bases helping out and shipping in, but it's mostly us. And I think it's really key to do that. Not only just NIL and money things, but, you know, showing people that we care and we're not just that rowdy, nasty fan base, like, Auburn just came in and tried to claim we are like not even a week later. Here we are. You know, when it when it matters, we show up. And I think that's key as a fan base. Uh, I'm happy to be a part of it and something that like that big and just really, really good to see. Um, really good for Tennessee on their part and everything. And I just hope the best for his family. I love I didn't, uh, I didn't also know that Zakai's mom was raising his special needs niece and they lost a lot of equipment and that stuff is really not cheap. So not only are they looking for a home, but, you know, just equipment to live and be normal, you know, really key. And I hope they get everything they need. So I hope they do, too. Um, with you bringing that up real quick, Drew and I talked about it. What do you think about do you think, I guess, fair or not fair, whatever. But 
you know, half of Twitter was divided between uh, two. It's so ridiculous that he can't, like, they can't keep all the money after they reach their goal. Um, what do you feel about all that? Do you have any specific opinions? Uh, I mean, it's just the way, like, how, like, the rules, like, they're written so weird. In my opinion, everyone's opinion, it should probably be able to keep the money. If you're not a Tennessee fan, you're not going to want that. You're going to think it's, you know, like an extra benefit that they're doing too much. And I think people need to understand where Zakai came from. Uh, this house that he lost, he didn't have it very long. And before that, Zakai and his family, like in a whole, didn't have much to begin with. So, you know, like, I think it's a really big important that they do get their house back and do get back on their feet. And a lot of money does go to them. But for like a Tennessee standpoint, you know, they probably will have to get rid of the rest, but I want to make sure that, like, that their family's taken care of before you try to go take away. Because, I mean, $250,000, that's a lot of money, but <laughs> the cost of living ain't cheap in America. It's no. these days, you know, that's that's not even probably for a full house, you know, not only that, but equipment, like you said. So, as a Vols fan, I think they deserve everything just because, you know, what they've went through and knowing them, but if you're on the outside looking in, I see why you want to be like, no. 100%. I, uh, well, that's why I was so shocked and I was trying to read into the fine print just a little bit. And of course I have no answers. I don't want anyone to take what I say, but like the goal was 50,000, but there's no way that would cover everything. So I was yeah. reading the details and it was like the cost of everything lost and like what they're going to need cannot be calculated at this time. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Um, so I guess it'll be tentative moving forward. I wish they could get all of it. Like, I fully believe they deserve it. But like you guys said, I you know, rules are rules. and But I, I wish they could get all of it. Um, I think, uh, not to cut you off, I think Trey Wallace is talking about it. And he said that they put that in the GoFundMe for a reason. You know, the goal was 50000 But, you know, it's probably going to be a lot more than just $50,000 that they need as a whole as a family. Yeah. And, uh Hopefully, I know that it took a couple of days. It didn't come out straight after. Like, the fire happened, I think, last weekend, and they just got it out today because of, like, uh, NCAA stuff, having to go to logistics and everything. Like, UT had to be the ones to put it out and back it all and stuff like that. So, I think they're trying to do everything. I think you're getting cut off again. Oh no. <laughs> uh Brando, I think we lost you again. Uh yeah, I guess so. We'll add you back or unmute you when you can come back. Um all right. So back to, <laughs> back to what we were talking about. We all are picking uh, balls to win Saturday, but we're doing our score predictions. So I guess, Drew, go ahead and give yours for Saturday against Arkansas at home. Uh, I'll say we'll be in this game for 623. We'll be Ken Chandler and Sakai. And then do a little hot take. Uh, Huntley Hatfield is going to get double figures. So this will be his first 10 points. Hot take. I think you cut out on your prediction. I didn't hear it. I'm sorry. Okay. 73-69 Tennessee. 
Oh, what the hell? I've said 73-68, Tennessee. We are right on the money. Yeah. Um, I, like I, I said, Zakai Ziegler, I think he's going to get his biggest game of the year. Uh, big mm-hmm. that game, huge deal for him. Uh, I like the Huntley-Hatfield take. I might jump on the train there. I would love to see him get double figures. He continues to get better each week. So I'm going to jump on that too. Double figures for Huntley Hatfield. And I am apologizing to everyone because I don't know what keeps happening to Brando. Power outages, computer hacks, uh, something else happened. So poor Brando. Um, Poor guy can't catch a break. He can't. He cannot (laughs) catch a break. (laughs) Um, All right. I am. Oh, also, before we go on to baseball, I am still looking for two tickets Saturday that are not like $300 a piece. I don't care where they are. I will pay for them 100%. Even if they're over asking price, I just don't want to pay $300 or something for a ticket. So if anyone has two, I'm looking for two and try to get me there because I would love to go. But um, I guess moving on, I'm not, I've been a really crappy baseball fan, but I just have a little bit for baseball, but I don't, I hope you have more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I got you covered. I was, okay. uh, I was actually at the game last night, so. Perfect. It was, uh, yeah. It was actually a really good atmosphere, surprisingly, for like a cold Tuesday night. I mean, I would say there's probably over 2,500 people there, um, but. Easily the worst offensive performance they had all season last night, but they still won 4-1. Um, but good Lord, though, this team is, like, absurd. I mean, we've scored 121 runs in eight games, which is – I mean, we're averaging over 22 runs a game, which is just absurd. And I've only given up seven this entire season. So, this, uh, this team might be better than last year's, which is, like, honestly hard to believe. Oh, has Brenda finally got his power back? <laughs> Apparently. That's what he said. So he might be popping up again. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> oh, man. Let's see. Um, I don't know if this is true after last night's game, but Mike Wilson on Twitter said that we, the balls were number one in batting average, home runs, runs, slugging, walks, and OBPs in the nation. Number one right. nation. I, I don't know if that's still accurate or not, but if it's not, then they're pretty damn close still because they couldn't have fallen that far behind. Um, oh, yeah. They, have, uh, they got five guys batting over 400 this year, which is just, like, insane. Well, I mean, I'm looking at these scores, like, 29 to 0, 27 to 1. Like, what the hell is that? This is unheard of. In fairness, though, Iona is terrible. I think they started off the year with a 24-0 loss to Old Dominion, so they're not the best opponents, but anytime you score over 25 runs in a game, it's it's pretty impressive. (laughs) No shit. I mean, 100%. Um, Brando's back for his third time in the hour. (laughs) Should have killed me when you had the chance, as Conor McGregor said. I'm back. Uh, I guess for once, the baseball. Yeah. 
Oh, God. Hopefully we're good. The power's back. Uh, the connection is god-awful in Tennessee on a 77 beautiful day in middle Tennessee, so makes no sense. But, yeah, really proud of our baseball team, 7-0. Um, and I know it's been, you know, against mid-opponents, but, you know, to score as many, like, runs as you did, I think it was, like, 117-7. to I think it's now 124-8 to or something like that, like, Absolutely destroying teams on the diamond. Really crazy to see. Uh, Trey Lipscomb having a crazy hot bat combined with like our crazy pitching. You know, going into the season, you thought you were going to have so much loss and turnover. And I've been really happy to kind of see the guys just leading off where they started. 100%. Um, I feel like I freaking keep saying that. It's pissing me off. <laughs> I keep saying that. God. Uh, I think we're 8 0, right? Yeah, right now. Um, we're we're seven and zero, eight and zero, counting the uh, Tennessee Tech game that got delayed. But Coach Vitello earlier announced on the radio on Fan Run Radio that that game is uh, not going to be continued. We're actually going to replace it with a new game, a full nine inning game. So, oh. we'll have a new game somewhere later in the year. I know we touched on that last week, asking like what they would do. So, there's our answer from Coach. Okay, well, that's good. Um, yeah, I was gonna say. While we're talking about baseball, I actually have more tickets to give away. And I was going to see um, March 11th, Friday, versus Rhode Island will be our next giveaway. So if you're listening, look out on our page because we will have four more tickets for that game to give away, courtesy of an awesome listener. He was out of state and just can't make it. So I'm loving these giveaways. Uh, I think it's really fun. I think Thanks. all these people are enjoying some free tickets. So, oh yeah, cool shout out to, uh, shout out to that Josh who won recently. I know he was trying to win from the start since we first started. So finally won him one. Yeah, had to go. I saw they uh, showed love on the timeline to the ATV crew. So I thought that was kind of neat to see. Definitely enjoy giving out some uh, free tickets and. Those seats deserve to be filled, you know. Oh, oh yeah. absolutely. And um, I was going to say, I would almost like to do, I kind of want to, we have like this giveaway and I think two more for certain. And I would like to do something kind of different with one of them. So it just kind of popped in my head. I want to brainstorm a little bit and change it up uh, for one of those and get people to interact more. But regardless, they will all be given away. Um, big weekend though for baseball because the competition has not been like up to par really at all. Um, we're playing Texas out last year and everyone remembers how controversial that was. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, I, I pretty much agree with, you know, playing competition in Iowa. They're decent teams in their division, but when you play a team like Texas, your two teams that just went to Omaha, you have the whole UT, you know, persona thing, who's the real UT. There's smoke between these teams, you know, they're eventually joining the SEC. So I feel like this game like has a lot of meaning than a lot of people will expect. It's a really late game, uh, 8 p.m. first pitch. Coach announced that uh, Coach Burn, uh, Chase Burns will begin to start for pitching. So. Really happy to see that kind of big talent, like how he does against the true, true, really good team like Texas. You know, he's only been having Georgia Southern, and I think he got in the tech, the tech game like just two days ago. So 
really big test for the guys. Um, you know, they've been pitching phenomenal, but you're going to have guys that are hot in the bat and ready to pitch. And it's going to be a really big game. Yeah, I mean, Texas right now is the number one team in the country. So I think this is probably about as good of a test as you're going to get to see how good this team is. I mean, but, you know, I mean, like this has definitely not been the best competition so far. But, you know, Georgia Southern beat Georgia Tech the other night, which is a top 25 team. So, like, they're not they're not Iona bad, but, like, they're still, you know, I mean, they're a decent team, but. Friday will be a great test. This whole entire weekend will be especially playing against Baylor and Oklahoma. Play a lot of good, talented Big 12 teams, and then you get yourself ready come April for SEC play. I mean, I'm excited. It should be uh, it should be great to watch this weekend. Do either of y'all – I'm putting you guys on the spot, but does anyone have kind of a scouting report in terms of who all Texas has lost or who all they're returning? I'll be honest. No, I do not. So. Oh my God. I don't even. Can y'all hear me? Uh, slightly. Okay, I'm joining on my laptop. Okay, I might disconnect. Okay. Oh no. Okay, Abby. All right. Oh wow. Okay. That was quick. Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah, Texas. They haven't really lost anyone tremendous i was listening to the drive uh not a numbers and a names guy but i know that they said that they haven't really lost anyone on the pitching standpoint uh i saw someone sharing a clip of their pitching lately and it was like a filthy nasty pitch uh you're not going to be getting 70 80 mile an hour fastballs like you have against iona and georgia southern from their freshman guys that obviously aren't on your talent base like these are pro guys guys that are going to be in the draft with your guys in the next two years so I think it's our biggest key test. Uh, only thing I'm mad about is that it's not in Lindsey Nelson because I just imagine how rowdy that place would be. But I know that Texas as a whole, they do enjoy our baseball. And I know a lot of fans have traveled there. So expect to see a lot of the good orange down there. Uh, I think we have an advantage when it comes to pitching with our guys. I think our rotation this year might benefit better than our rotation when we met them in Omaha, even though they're younger. I just think that burns in the first game and if he does good and gets you through like five or six innings before Dolaner comes in like that's going to be really good I think if you can you know sacrifice maybe one or two runs in those innings like you have a really good chance of beating the number one team in the country very good I'm so glad that you had that because I was kind of I definitely put everyone on the spot I didn't have it but Brando coming in after all the technical difficulties to save the all the L's we take a W yeah. Um, well, so just a huge game for basketball, baseball all weekend long. I'm really excited. And it's also just going to be freaking beautiful, uh, at least in Tennessee. I don't know about Texas weather, but it's perfect weather for the Vols to just sweep everything, make us all happy. Um, and then we have the SEC tournament to look forward to. Mm-hmm. So. That's going to be huge. I'm so excited for that. Um, does anyone else have any other closing thoughts? Uh, you know, yeah, I'm excited. I think the women's tournament's here soon, not not too long in Nashville or somewhere. And then uh, the men's tournament's in Miami. I know Alex mentioned he's going to try to go to that one. So hopefully, you know, it's a good showing out. Everyone shows out all around, you know. I've been saying that Tennessee athletics is on the rise, even basketball and baseball. And, you know, if we can show up, 
get rowdy and show them that, you know, we're not just a good team at home that we can win on the road and, you know, go on the road and show up and support our guys. I think that'll be huge. Yeah, I mean, I think this is one of the best times of the year uh, as far as college sports goes with the end of the regular season for college basketball, conference tournaments, March Madness starts in a couple of weeks. And then you also got like, you know, slowly to the beginning of conference play for college baseball as well. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a fun month. I mean, a lot of great ta- weekend uh, games for baseball. Tennessee, Arkansas is going to be huge on Saturday. Hopefully, uh, hopefully be sharing one fourth of the conference title. So, <laughs> one fourth. Be a good time. I love it. Yeah, like best time of the year, kind of by far. I've really gotten into basketball and baseball the past few years, and I'm always happier as a person when we're like in spring or about at spring, approaching summer. That's like my favorite time of the year. Um, and then. Sports, all of the sports, it's like every night you have something coming up. So it's my favorite time of the year. I love it. Um, can't complain. I just hope that we come out with – I really – I like you said, though, with baseball, we have some tough competition all weekend. If I did have to pick one game for baseball, I hope they beat Texas. Um, I just they deserve to beat them after last year. And – the whole rivalry, I just really think that's important. But hopefully basketballs and baseballs both come out on top. And I guess we are signing off. Oh, before I forget, I want us to tweet the link for Zakai's um, donation, the GoFundMe link. So we'll link that on our Twitter page, on the Vols ATV page, and then I guess we are done for the evening. So, do you want to do the uh, football stuff? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I forgot. Okay. Uh, so many times, man. I, just, I know, right? I just, I'm here and I'm gone. But uh, last week we closed it out after my last technical difficulty. Last week I mentioned <laughs> the uh, we were mentioning the wide receiver coach, and uh, we're still here. It's still ongoing, but it's kind of closing out. Uh, David Johnson at Florida State has decided to stay at Florida State because of, I think, uh, his kids are kind of close to graduating. So it's kind of down to, uh, what's his name? Uh, Kerry Dixon from Georgia Tech, the wide receiver coach there, who was at Florida for a couple years, uh, was once ranked a top 25 recruiter by 24-7, ended up after the uh, Dan Mullen thing, kind of ended up at Georgia Tech. And then it's Kelsey Pope, who is the offensive analyst at Tennessee currently, was there with Coach Burns, has been with Heupel since UCF. Uh, really up and coming guy. They kind of. No. Highlighting this. You got to be joking that you can hear me, right? Um, now, but like, you yeah, can't... I know it is trying to try to go away again. Okay. No, we're good, but I'm going to get it done quick. Okay. Uh, yeah. Kelsey Pope probably going to end up being our wide receiver coach by tomorrow. Big March 5th weekend with Nico coming in. He's bringing his friend Jordan Anderson, a 2024 receiver. I expect uh, Tennessee to do everything they can and try to lock them down as a duo, even though they're a year apart. Uh, they're kind of a package deal. And if we can get Nico on campus, that's a five-star quarterback, number three player in the country. So just look out for that. Big, big junior day weekend with a lot, a lot of names. So like y'all said, perfect time of the year. Basketball, baseball, spring practice two weeks away. And then hopefully baseball goes long enough and we'll be right there at the football season. So just hype about everything, Tennessee. 
Love it. Absolutely. Um, one of these days, we will get all of the crew on one podcast, on one nice. live feed. Uh, that's our next goal. But until then, good night and go balls. Go balls. Go balls. Give me some better internet. <laughs> <laughs>